0: Scoop Radio, in your airwaves, on the plane, on the train, everywhere you want to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoop B, Instagram and Snapchat, Scoop underscore B. Make sure to subscribe to the Scoop B Radio podcast on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or simply visit ScoopBradio.com. And on the line right now is a guy that I know just a little bit. It's none other than 670, The Scores, Lawrence Holmes. What's going on, sir? Scoop, man. I'm so happy to be on the pod. Scoopy Radio, that's where it's at, man. Yes, sir, man. We, we've we done two interviews, on your platform is only right we have you on because, um, sir, you are doing your thing, and for those who are a little bit tardy to the party, uh, Lawrence Holmes recently, he's a radio vet, but he, he recently switched over to the midday hour uh, on 670 to score. First and foremost, congratulations.
1: Thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. This is a uh, it's been a dream come true to to be on this part of the day at the score and to be in an iconic radio station like the score. I've been there here for twenty years. To be able to be in my hometown and talk about all the teams that I love. It's it's a tremendous honor and we're working really hard to put the best show we can on the air.
0: It's crazy because just you know, my my ties to Chicago and you know, knowing some of the producers, Tony Gill and uh, and, and Herb as well, Herb Lawrence, you, um, to me, the respect that you have of your peers is interesting, and the only way I could kind of quantify it is me growing up listening to the Angie Martinez show on Hot 97. Um, you have a, a, a following that, that, first and foremost, I'm curious to know your early beginnings in radio. Like, where did... You're the Angie Martinez of Chicago, as far as I'm concerned. But to qualify, where did you start? Where, where did your journey begin in in, in in sports broadcasting and in radio?
1: Well, first of all, like thank you so much for like even putting me in the same sentence as Angie Martinez. Like that's a that's a Hall of Famer in this radio game. Like so instrumental uh, to to the game forever. Um, I I'm lucky. I'm very lucky because I haven't had to move markets. Mm-hmm. So I grew up on the south side of Chicago. I grew up in a neighborhood called Roseland yes. in Chicago. And, you know, things, was, things were getting pretty hot in the late 80s in Roseland. So mm-hmm. my parents moved us out to the Burbs when I went to high school. I went to a, a high school called Homewood Flossmore and it had a radio program. So here's how it all starts, man. I... I was, you know, a Southside kid. I thought, I'm going I'm to go to the suburbs. I'm going to show these boys what it's all <laughs> about from a sports perspective. And freshman year, I absolutely destroyed my ankle. I had to, Ooh. yeah, man, I, I had a, what's called a triple arthrodesis surgery where they fused three bones into one in my ankle. So it, it kind of put a bullet in my in my basketball career. And I was in a cast for, God, I want to say four or five months, you know, and doing some serial casting to kind of heal up from it. And I was I was bored. I was depressed. And my mother said, you know, they have a radio station. You, hmm. you love talking about sports. Why don't you talk about sports on the radio? And so I I went there and that's where I got my start. Now, my high school, I, I, I rep it hard. Um, Hull of flossmore High School, WHFH 88.5 FM in Chicago or in Flossborn. Um, it's the highest power high school radio station in the country, 1500 watts. And so I got my FCC license when I was 16 years old wow. uh, as an operator. You learn how to run the board, and it was run like a professional station. So when I got out of high school, I had as much experience as a lot of interns that are coming into the game right now. So it gave me the opportunity to, to look really good on resumes. And I took that, and while I was in college, like I got my sports thing like back going again. I played more baseball than anything else. I played that uh, up through college, and then I got a couple opportunities for tryouts with the pros. And But I never lost that love for radio. And so I did internships while I was in college, and I got to work – at WMAQ Radio in Chicago, which ironically, or I guess coincidentally, is the signal that we're on now, which is <laughs> 670 AM. Right. Um, and, and so to go from being an intern there to, to, to now hosting the midday show on that same signal, on a 50,000-watt clear channel signal, is pretty great. And then after that, I got an internship working at WGN Channel 9, While I was a producer at the score when I first started at the score. And so I I got a little bit of TV along with a little bit of radio early on. And I started at the score. I graduated college in 97. I started at the score in 1998 and I've never left. And I worked my way up from the overnight producer. I did that for a really long time. The nighttime producer. I did that for a really long time. And and then after that, you know, you, you become the Afternoon Drive producer. And then I got, it was 03, I got promoted to Bears Beat Reporter. And that's kind of where my on-air career started. And fast forward 16 years later, you know, I, I had the night show for a decade. And now I got this fun show that I'm doing in midday. So it's been a long, fun journey, man
0: started from the bottom, now we are here. Lawrence Holmes on the line with Radio. Scooby Radio talking about his midday show on 670 Score in Chicago. And also, uh, you started the Loho Daily uh, show with Lawrence Holmes on Radio.com, which is a podcast. Uh, just from taking a cursory look at what's going on, uh, it's a, in the baseball team's first episode. Kudos to you. You uh, got Bob Kendrick, the president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum in Kansas City. Uh, cool dude. What was it like, uh, getting him on and, and what did you learn?
1: Man, I, I did a game with Bob last year. Uh, the, the White Sox do the double duty classic every year mm-hmm. uh, and it celebrates the life of Ted double duty Ratcliffe. Mm-hmm. And so I got to do play by play, which is a real honor. It's uh it's a, the best high school players uh, in the area come and play in it. And they brought in Bob Kendrick to speak with the, the, the players and then he was my color commentator for a portion of the game. And it was so great to just talk about the history of the Negro League. My grandfather played in the Negro League. Um, so it really means a lot to me. Like, I still have his his catcher's mitts um, the, the M on a wall in my house. You know, I got them framed. Um, and, that, and it's great because that's the player that I played, the, the position I played. Mm-hmm. Um, when I played, so like, there's a, there's a fun little family tradition in it and, and a community tradition in it. So being able to talk Negro Leagues baseball with, with Bob was just unreal. Like the guy knows so much and he's got such a great like, zest for sharing that history with the world that I'm, I'm blown away by the dude. So I, I, I made it a point when Radio.com came to me and said, look, we're expanding our sports branding. When it comes to podcasts, we, we want you to do something. I I had to have Bob be the first episode. Like that was, It meant something to me to have that subject matter and that guy uh, be the first podcast that we produce.
0: That's pretty uh, much a big deal. What what else do you guys have planned? You did the baseball uh, or rather the baseball theme episode with Bob Hendrick. What else can people expect from as uh, your podcast, uh the Loho Podcast?
1: Well, the beautiful thing about it is that I was kinda giving carte blanche on how I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um I so so my bosses here at, at the score in conjunction with radio dot com said, Whatever you think is gonna bring ears to it, do it. And so I said, Great. I'm going to actually do, because I do a local show in Chicago, like most of my show is based on what's happening with the Bulls, the, the White Sox, the Cubs, the Bears, and the Blackhawks. So I'm going to take the podcast and use it to talk about bigger issues, like long-form issues that I wouldn't ordinarily be able to do in the two hours that I'm on the air. You know, to mm-hmm. do some of that stuff un- uninterrupted I think is great. And it'll give me a chance to get into some things that – I, I wouldn't bring to a score audience. For example, I've had I, I did a whole episode on the song Old Town Road, hmm. and 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 how you have Lil Nas X come up from the video game world, and how that plays into the role of of gaming. And I had a great conversation about that. And and you bring on you can bring on experts in different fields. At some point, I'm gonna have a conversation about fast pitch softball. Uh, on, on the podcast because uh, it's becoming a revenue-generating sport. And I, I would have never thought that that was going to be the case, but I've always loved the game. So seeing it have success like that is pretty cool. So I'm I'm trying to expand and do um, – more stuff that's related to to, to other things that I have interest in outside of taking care of my Chicago audience on whether the Cubs and Sox won yesterday.
0: Who would be your dream uh, get uh, on your podcast?
1: Oh, my goodness. Like, there's so many people that I would love to talk to. Uh, I mean, Barack Obama would be a fantastic guest for me. Because he's my neighbor, like I live, or he was my neighbor, not anymore. I live in that neighborhood and I'd love to talk to him about how the neighborhood changed because, you know, I, I used to run a lot. I don't run as much anymore, but before he became Senator, I mean, you could literally walk up to his front door and ring the doorbell and even, even after becoming Senator, you kind of could. And we saw the neighborhood change and the Secret Service come in. And, I mean, his house is in the middle of my neighborhood. It's across the street from the dorms of the of University of Chicago. And it's just crazy. Like, that guy, I would love to talk with him about all sorts of things. And he's a White Sox fan. I'm a White Sox fan. To talk about that along with the, the political aspects and all the, the great stuff that he's trying to do from a, a charitable standpoint, um I, I think he'd be fascinating. What's really crazy, Scoop, every What's morning that? I work out at the University of Chicago, like that's my gym. And uh former secretary, I'm sure you probably talk with Arnie Duncan um actually plays ball there. Like he's been in a bunch of the All Star Weekend celebrity mm-hmm. games and he comes in and works on his game like every morning at my gym. It's amazing.
0: Wow. He'll be really on the line with Lawrence Holmes is interesting because uh I really was fascinated obviously when people discuss Barack Obama, they discussed the fact that he was on Nation's first uh, a black president, uh, but he's also our, our, our nation's first biracial president and the first president to bring, in some respects, culture to the White House and bring basketball. And he found his identity of who he was
1: through basketball.
0: It was almost like Fresh Prince getting into the presidential office uh, in a lot of respects. He made it cool, but he did work too. When you look at today's radio landscape, what do you think that you bring? Uh, do you think you bring uh, eyes or ears to younger people listening to radio? Or do you just think that you're blending old and new? Like, the state of radio has changed. What do you bring to the table that's maybe different than a generation before? Lawrence, are you there? I think we got cut off. We'll call him right back. So unless you all are to the party, we have Lawrence Holmes on the Scoopy Radio podcast, and had some technical difficulties. You got him back on the line. What's up, Morris?
1: I'm sorry about that. We are having construction. Like, I thought I was, like, picking the safest line. Like, we got a landline. But we got some construction that's going on here. You saw it when you came through. Mm-hmm. And, like, we got ghosts in the machine, brother. Like, we got a lot of ghosts in the, in the machine. So I apologize, but you were speaking eloquently about the 44th president of the United States.
0: Yeah, I was on a roll, brother. I was James Harden in the flow. But basically what I said was um, when you look at the president of the United States, he wasn't just um, the first black president. He was the first biracial president, but he was also a person who brought culture, a person who brought hoops to to the office, but he actually did work, too. Um, when you look at yourself, you are a, a, a bridge gapper for many of reasons. Number one, generationally. Number two, um radio has changed a lot. For you, um do you feel like radio's Obama, I guess I could say in Chicago, the landscape is, is, is very very structured and political, but at the same time you seem to reach a wide array of audiences. Do you do you see an Obama on the radio side in yourself? Um, I, i
1: wow. I mean, that would be high praise. I kind of always look at it through the lens of hip hop
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, you know, I, I joke because, you know, my brother, Jason Goff, like I, he's, uh, I, 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 he's my favorite talk show host. You know, he does mm-hmm. a lot of work now for ESPN. He used to be here at the score. Mm-hmm. And, and I've always said that, that, uh, he's the bust the rhymes to my Q-tip. Wow. And, and so like for me, it. I always looked at it that way. That I'm kind of. I kind of got that like sonic scientist thing, that tip hat, where I'm in the studio and I care about sound and I, I can be sometimes off putting to other people because I'm so Im- immersed in the sound and th- that's that's one of the guys that I would put on my list of like heroes. Um, that, that I want it to be like, like, because I care about what I do so much that it sometimes can come off as, man, like, you're really crazy about some of this stuff. But yeah, like, it dropping something in at the appropriate time, just like putting together a perfect beat. Like Q-Tip like would, where he would dig into these obscure records and find the perfect sound. Like, I was listening to, not that it's obscure, but listening to him talk about Award Tour and how Award Tour has its origins in uh, Jade's Don't Walk Away. Mm-hmm. And how he heard the base of that and he's like, I have to do something with that. And he figured out a way to kind of flip it and make it Tribe's own. So, like, I kind of look at myself that way. Like, I'm I'm into the game, like, that deep where I'm trying really hard to give the listener something that they might not get on another show. So if I can be the, the, the Chicago version of Barack Obama, that would be outstanding, but <laughs> I will very much settle for being the Q-tip of sports radio.
0: I like it. Scoopy radio on the line radio. with V one and only Lawrence Holmes talking about an array of topics and, and kudos to you. Uh, you're actually on uh, doing commentary, uh, on the Derek Rose documentary. Uh, Million-dollar question. Do you see Derrick Rose in the Bulls uniform ever again?
1: You know, when he left here, I thought that Derrick would never be embraced by Chicago again. And I've actually been really encouraged by, one, how how fans reacted to him when he came back after he scored 50 in Minneapolis. I actually think there's a decent chance he comes back to Chicago next year. The the Hmm. Bulls are in, in need of point guard play. And I think that Derrick's at a point in his career now where he doesn't need the limelight. Like, like Let's say that there's a combination here, that the Bulls find themselves in a position to draft Ja Morant. And you have Ja Morant and you have Derrick Rose kind of helping him through the first couple years of, of development as a point guard in the NBA. I, I think that Chicago right now is more likely to, to get Derrick Rose back than they were five years ago. I, I mean, that's that's to me, or four years ago. That that to me is pretty incredible, a turn of events because there were people here in Chicago that wanted nothing to do with Derrick Rose, wanted absolutely nothing to do with Derrick Rose. And I think with time, give it, it, it lends to perspective. And I think that the the perspective now is we all handled this wrong. Like there's significant blame to go around in everyone who was involved in the Derrick Rose saga from Rose's camp to the way they handled things to the bulls who I didn't think handled things well at all to us in the media. I, I can't point a finger at those people and not point a finger at my industry. I, I don't think that we did a great job of telling that story and understanding the nuance of that story. So yeah, I think that it's it's possible that he ends up back here in
0: Chicago. Why do you think that? So so before you answer that question, <clears throat> from the outside looking in, I'm tied to Chicago. My stepdad's from the West Side, and I started coming around Chicago for Los States about 2015. And my point of reference, Chicago reminds me a lot of Philadelphia, um, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I mean that as a sports city, passionate and more. But the, from the outside looking in, and now being a little bit more on the inside. Um, the way that you guys looked at Derek Rose, you you loved or you hated him in the same way that in Philadelphia they loved or hated Allen Iverson. The only difference is Allen Iverson is from Newport News, Virginia, um, and and not um Philadelphia in and of itself. Chicago, Dave or excuse me, Derek Rose is from Chicago. That being said, do you think that what do you think went wrong with the way that people covered him and perceived him while he was there? Is it do you think it was a curse of him being from Chicago and playing for the Bulls? Look, man, i it's one
1: of the things that made the cutting room floor of the Pooh documentary. I said this, um, I said this dead ass serious, that if you're from Chicago, the last thing you want to do is play in Chicago because hmm. the expectations are so high. And at the time that, that I said it, I was looking right at Jabari Parker, <laughs> you know, hmm. like I'm looking right at you because you saw what happened with Derek and how people turned on him and and it's it's because I can tell you that from a psychological standpoint, man, it comes from a place of you feel invested because you watched Derrick Rose since he was a freshman at Simeon, and you knew that that guy had, like, otherworldly talent. the The expectations are so high – for someone who's from here to then be the savior. And then he goes out and he is the the rookie of the year. He is the MVP. And people thought that you got to understand, like you got to understand what Derrick Rose accomplished. Mm -hmm. LeBron was on a run of MVPs and Derrick Rose broke it up. Hmm. The six, three guard broke up LeBron's run of MVPs. That's how dominant he was in that season. And, it's it's hard to forget that um when when you're a bulls fan and then you don't see the same player return from from injury. It it got people hot and I don't think the Bulls did a particularly good job of of the messaging. Like they kind of put it out there that well, you know, the doctors have said that Derek's fine and and, and if he I don't know why he's not playing. Like and that became a thing and it became people who love Derek Rose pointing their finger and going, that guy doesn't want to play when that was the farthest thing from the
0: truth. Hmm. Scoopy Radio, Radio on the line with Lawrence Holmes talking about Derrick Rose and the Bulls. Uh, they did not um, have a successful season this year, and they're looking just like the Knicks on this side of the river are looking to kind of revamp. Um, where do you see the Bulls uh, realistically in the dra- NBA draft lottery?
1: Um, It's just... I'm exasperated by the bulls at this point. Scoop. I really am. I'm really exasperated because it just seems like we're doing the same thing over and over and over again here in Chicago. They have solid players. They don't have superstars and you will not win in today's NBA unless you have superstars. So it becomes a thing of, can you, are you going to be in a position to draft one? And, and maybe that, that, is Zion. Maybe the Bulls will get lucky again. Maybe Lightning will strike twice and they'll get their opportunity at Zion. But until until they produce or uh develop a superstar, then we're we're gonna be stuck here. That that you're gonna be talking about a team that's maybe fighting for the bottom spot in the East. And I'm not sure that, that does anyone any good. And and I don't have a lot of faith that, that management is going to be able to turn it around and the evidence for that lack of faith is the last 15 years of Bulls basketball outside of them getting lucky in 2008 with the draft lottery show me the superstar that 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 they have created and before you say Jimmy Butler i will i will say to you star not superstar guy that you win with not a win because of uh, top 20 player in the league sure But you kind of need at least one top 10 or top five, dude, if you're going to try and win a title in in this NBA that we have now.
0: Yeah, I think there's literally what you're saying. I was on um, Sports Feed uh, a couple weeks ago out in Chicago on WGN, and I said that, you know, when you're trying to recruit players, you can't sell them on Michael Jordan, um, the legacy of Michael Jordan anymore. Greatest in my lifetime, but... Most of these players now who are in the NBA remember Michael playing for the Wizards, not for the Bulls. And so you you have to sell them on talent and product on the floor. I think that they have a good core um, in in Levine and Rolo who, you know, did not want to be there and, um, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. and more, but they need, they do need a guard position, million dollar question. What's more likely Zion Williamson becomes a bull or Derrick Rose becomes a bull.
1: I think it's more likely that Derrick Rose becomes a bull, man. It would be, if Zion came here, it would be, it would be epic. And I mean, it'd be great for my radio station because we carry the bull, <laughs> but either way, like even if it's Derrick coming back, I think that would be pretty great too. But I think that it's more likely that Derrick returns than they get Zion. And uh, it's the the draft lottery process is going to be a really interesting one. And, I hope they get lucky again, because luck seems to be their only real uh, strategy.
0: Scoopy Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneInM, Stitcher app on the line with V, Lawrence Holmes, at 670 to score. and Make sure to follow him on all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and make sure to check out his podcast. Uh, Lawrence, you, to me, um, were ahead of the curve as it relates to just, um, you, you talked about your resume, um, you know, being on camera doing Bears games, doing, you know, being a beat writer, uh, doing radio and more. Uh, for those who are listening who are in college that, you know, who, who may say, hey, I want to get on ESPN and debate Skip Bayless, and, or excuse me, on Fox Sports 1 debate Skip Bayless, get on ESPN and debate Stephen A. Smith. People don't understand that it's a, a home-cooked meal, not the uh, fast food meal. Uh, for young kids today to have the internet and more, uh, what 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 honest advice do you have for youngers trying to get to where you are, exceed where you are, or at least be in the conversation.
1: I, I think that they should follow your model, to tell you the truth. Thank you. Um, I, I, I think that what really impresses me about you is that you're self-made, and you did this from, you. you had an idea of what you wanted to do young, and you went for it. Mm-hmm. And that experience now is even easier than it was even when you were growing up, because People can create their own podcast now, and they can work on their reps and get better before they even get to a, a semi-professional or professional area. I would tell anyone that's thinking about this from a, a school standpoint, you don't have to go to J school to be a journalist. I've actually found that the, the, some of the best journalists I know didn't go to J school, that they they had other interest and disciplines that drove them. Like for me, my, my undergraduate degree is in history. Like I've always been really, really enthralled by the concept of history. And you're able to take a lot of the things in doing research and apply that to what we do
0: mm-hmm. for a
1: living. So you don't have to be like, oh, I was an A student in journalism school and that put me on the road to, I don't. I, you don't have to go to Syracuse or Mizzou or or uh Columbia or wherever. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You can you can be a guy that never went to to college. You can be a young lady who went to a community college to get their, their background in it. And I'll also add this internships are kinda of drying up around the industry. Hmm. It's important. Like I, I've always felt that it's really important. But I also think that it's important to get paid for for what it is that you do. And there's a there's a there's a balancing act that has to kind of take place in in that regard when it comes to internships. But once you get your foot in the door somewhere, ask questions. Be be present. Don't just be there because you're getting credit. Like if you're going to be there, then be there a hundred percent. I always talk talk about this when I talk to my students um, at DePaul or when I'm doing like a speaking engagement. If at the end of an internship, I don't know your name, you have failed
0: your internship
1: Dude. because your work should have me recognizing you. The stuff that you do should have me going who is that young man that young woman that did this this or this your work should speak for itself and it should give you a presence and if if you end up in an internship where you're just kind of going through the motions and you don't stand out because of your work then when you get to the internship and then ask me for a recommendation I can't give you one because I don't I, I don't I don't have any frame of reference and and so the best people that I've seen grow into spots are the ones that want to get their hands dirty. They want to know how do we put this together? Why did you talk to ask that question in that interview? Why do we use this sound bite and pick that stuff up and then add your own flavor to it? Add your own skill set to it, and there there's no limit. To, to how far you can go. And, I, and I'll, I'll just, I'll end on this. I will run through a wall for an intern or a student that shows me that they want it bad. I will write every recommendation letter that they put in front of me. I will speak to whatever program director or news editor that they want me to talk to. If they show me that they are willing to, to really put in the work, and they don't even have to be the most talented, but if you're letting me know that, that you want this, then it is my job to help you get to where you want
0: to go. Scoopy right on the line with Lawrence Holmes talking about internships, Derek Rose, and the history of Chicago. And looking at uh, the standings, what do the Cubs, who are currently at 8-9, and nine, need to do uh, to catch up with the Milwaukee Brewers, who are 12-7? and seven?
1: Well, someone's got to figure out a way to stop Christian Yelich because he is just out here hitting home runs. At some point, you're going to have to give him the Barry Bonds treatment and start walking (laughs) that dude. Um, If the Cubs Cubs are getting their offense seems to be back on track a little bit and their starting pitching has been solid, it'll be a question of them staying healthy and, and trying to stay tethered to Milwaukee for as long as possible. You don't want them to get out to too big of a lead. Because uh, if you do, it's going to be hard to make up that ground. You know, your pitching staff is, is on the older side with John Lester and Cole Hamels. So you want you want to make sure that you maximize all of their starts the rest of the way. If if their bullpen can say, just okay, it doesn't need to be lights out. It just needs to be okay, and they stop blowing games late, there's no reason why the Cubs can't be in the mix for this thing in, in, in the National League Central. I I was a little bit surprised at some of the projections. I know Dakota had them as a 79-win team, and I think they're going to be better than that. How much better depends on how healthy their bullpen stays and whether or not they're still getting people out.
0: Your Cubs uh, are not good at home currently. They're 3-6 and six at home. Or excuse me. Your White Sox are three and six uh, at home. They're not. Doing yeah, don't well. get it twisted, man. I'm a Southsider. I know you are. That's like me calling the Yankees the Mets. So please forgive me. Um, <laughs> uh, and the, and the, and the Mets, uh, eh, they're ten and eight. They're doing all right. And the, they're all right. Eight and nine. But um, to go back to the to, to the White Sox question, starting over, they are are not good at home. Um, why do you think that is?
1: I think that they're still a rebuilding team, and they've had some moments where they're starting to. It looks like they're starting to turn it around.
0: If You sure. look at their
1: lineup. You know, Tim Anderson right now is leading baseball in batting average, which is great. He was part of a big controversy yesterday um, uh, with with him doing an epic bat flip, which was majestic and and fantastic. Uh, they they also have Yoan Moncada, who they got in the Chris Sale trade. And mm-hmm. he's starting to hit like most people thought he would, is the number one prospect in the game. And Aloy Jimenez, their young outfielder, they're the the guy they just gave a big money. They they they're so into him that they gave him his extension before he got to the major leagues so that they could bring him up and, and have him here for the next six years and he's already hit his third home run of the season. So I think from an offensive standpoint, things are looking up for the White Sox and on the defensive side, their pitching is atrocious and you can't win if you can't pitch. Uh, as good as the White Sox offense has looked at times this year, I don't think that they're going to slug their way to to win in a division. The good news is they're in a terrible division. Uh, the, I don't trust the Minnesota Twins and the rest hmm. of the. And Cleveland is taking a step back. There, there's an opportunity there, but I don't think the White Sox are going to be quite good enough to grasp it.
0: Lawrence, you're a Chicagoan. You 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 have clout to ask to answer this question. Who was in your Chicago sports Mount Rushmore? Uh,
1: I mean, you got obviously Jordan. So, Jordan, Peyton, Pippen. Uh, I'm a little too, too bi- basketball-y and football-y. <laughs> I need a baseball player in there. Um, wow. How about Sandberg? Put Rhino in there, too. So Jordan Payton, Pippen, Sandberg. Can you tell him an, uh, uh, an, an 80s baby?
0: Yes. TV, one that can see that.
1: So there it all is right there for you.
0: What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received?
1: uh my father saying pay yourself first and it's it's the best advice where meaning when you get paid put some money in your savings account pay yourself first hmm. and uh that that's something that stuck with me for a really long time because you know my parents are school teachers and Same. yet they they were able to Allow me and my brother a more comfortable life than most would imagine. Like my parents are both CPS teachers. Um, and they, because my dad worked really hard and he understood the value of saving,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we did okay. Like we didn't want for anything. We weren't rich, but we didn't want for anything. So his advice of, of pay yourself first is stay with me my entire life.
0: I often ask folks on, um, when I interview them on Scoopy radio, um, a funny story, whether it's Michael Jordan, whether it's Mike Tyson, whether it's just something, a personal experience that you've had, usually they go viral. Um, do you have any such experiences with Michael Jordan or Derek Rose or even Jabari Parker that you can share?
1: You know what? I, it's so funny. Like this is before viral, but I'll tell you this much. I was uh and like I told you I was an intern for Channel 9. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got bumped up to field producing. And this was at the end of the Bulls run that they had. So this is 9798. So championships 5 and 6. And I got to go to the Berto Center to cover to help cover the Bulls that day. Like I was the guy holding the microphone. And Jordan got into his car and he was getting ready to leave. And I stuck my microphone in my arm into his closing window <laughs> and he stopped and and he like answered questions and it was really great. So it was like a highlight of my career. But I do think back to like maybe having my arm chopped off as he drives away in his
0: Ferrari. What color was the Ferrari? I think that,
1: that was the black one.
0: They had. Do you remember what you asked him?
1: um i don't i i i have no idea like it was right before it was right before the parade for number six
0: hmm so i'm sure it was something like that man i'm, I'm sure it was something like that well it kind of goes with the antidote that you had about just being memorable or, or, or hustling or being consistent it goes with your story
1: yeah no doubt about it man it was a it was a A great moment to be a Chicagoan and to be a, what, 21-year-old kid at that 22-year-old kid at that point in the business and being able to talk to the world's most popular man. Pretty great.
0: Yeah, I would say so. Well, Lawrence, I got to run. You got to run. But I want to thank you for the opportunity to interview you. Oh, thanks, man. Man, I love when you come to
1: Chicago, so i i'm always here for you man and i i love that i get to be on scoop b radio um we we know how how you getting it done man millions and millions of listens people are checking you out so you're helping me out man you're helping me i'm a local mc scoop i'm a local you were a i'm local
0: nah man local local is, is where everybody gets started and i was once a 12 year old kid had a dream and stuck with it so um, honestly and really and truly not trying to get brownie points. To see someone like you stay local and and, and, and go through the process, uh, I feel like I'm rubbing elbows with good company, and I appreciate that.
1: Well, thank you, my man. I'm glad to be on the pod. Whenever you need me, you let me know.
0: You already know, man. I'll talk to you soon. You got it, man. You there. Scoop B Radio. Overcome. Hold up.